that has no boundaries, no windows where the light of day might shine through. The only light here is that of a single solitary candle, and perhaps the illumination of the mind. If you are fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Hey everybody, this is Stan Wanglin, one of the co-hosts of, I hope, one of your favorite shows, The People Under the Stairs. And I'll tell you, we've been hanging out under the stairs for weeks now, and we'd like to come out and have a discussion with you. Uh, you know, as always, I am joined on this wonderful show with my best buddy and co-host, Paul James Caden. And he is tucked under the stairs, waiting to uh, say hello to everybody. And uh, you know, and then we'll get our show formally started. Paul, are you there, buddy? I'm here. I, I think I can creep out from under the stairs for an hour here and 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 talk about something. <laughs> I know you can. The first thing we got to do is adjust that mic from your mouth just a little bit, Paul. All right. How's that? That's good. Okay. That's good. And I hope you folks at home, we, we were just talking about the fact that we like to do our shows organic and raw. We don't like to edit it out or anything else like that. It's kind of like a conversation if you were under the stairs with us, God forbid. And, uh, you know, we, we, we like you to hear things uh, very nice in a connected way, which leads me to the topic of the show. Uh, Paul and I you know, speak to each other, you know, probably every day, every other day at the, at the least there and always have... Uh, some fun conversations. And one of the things that I think we've both noticed, uh, and I'm sure you have as a viewer, you know, the people in the stairs just doesn't talk about things with the paranormal, uh, but they, you know, we also talk about the human condition. And I guess one of the tremendous things going on uh, at all times is the disconnect, you know, from person to person. People are really they're not connecting more, you know, the, as the technology increases. And, you know, it used to be the commercial reach out and touch somebody. Now it seems to be reach out and don't touch anybody or touch yourself and don't get caught, uh, you know, with anybody looking at you, <laughs> whatever it is. And, uh, you know, uh, all fooling aside, the most recent uh, event that's going on right now is with the coronavirus that is going to have another massive impact with this um, whole concept of people being connected on all kinds of levels, whether they're connected, you know, through the government or they're connected spiritually to other people, whether they're connected with empathy, physically connected with other people. There's a, uh, there's another big example of a massive disconnect about to come up because 
I was just saying to Paul before the show started, now as people are saying, hey, man, you better get out of the habit of shaking hands. That's going to go by the wayside, you know, Mm. and uh, it's going to be the fist bump, uh, if even that. That's that's a major thing, folks. You know, as a psychologist, uh, the thing that you do with a little baby when they're born is you bond with them. You, the physical comfort, you hold them. Uh, you know, it soothes people. It soothes their nerves. It helps your brain uh, functioning. It helps your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health. And we keep putting in more and more and more systems and more events that are not bringing us anywhere near uh, one another, but bringing us further and further away. And, uh, you know, I wanted to chum the waters with a lot of different things because Paul and I wanted to kind of freewheel this t- uh, today discussion. What do you think about that, Paul? Yeah, you know, when, when you're t- talking right there, what it reminds me of and, and, you know, you can chime in with what you think about this. A lot of this human disconnect that, that I talk about on, you know, some of my other shows, a lot of it really does trickle down from government. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people that say that's on purpose. They want they want people disconnected because they're uh, it's easier to control the cattle and steer them in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no unity and it, it makes a body wonder. You know, we were just talking the other day that back in 1991, 92, you know, I was reading books. I was very interested in uh, it started with uh, spirituality religion and history and science and then it kind of really got into the uh, uh, a little bit of the study of the, the prophetic and just reading some of the things you know way back then that some of these authors uh, put in their books that people in our government said or people from the EU said about bankrupting the United States bankrupting other countries dividing the people you know disrupting the family unit you know all these things to make it more manageable for, you know, whatever they wanted to do, you know, whether it's Mm -hmm. globalization or different kinds of government. And it, it does make you wonder, you know, I, I always say I'm not one to get out in the uh, conspiracy waters here, but man, it, it really did start with, with political correctness, you know, dividing everybody by religion and race and sex and class and that that's still going on now it's it's really divided down to the political party democrat republican women you know we were just talking before the show it's uh, people saying you know a bunch of old white men and you know mm-hmm. women you know the blacks the this everybody's so divided and now all of a sudden well you know we have this other great revelation coming from people in uh, the position of authority saying, hey, don't shake hands with people. And uh, it, it, like I said, it, it makes you wonder, what do you think about that? Do, do you think there's any truth to maybe the people at the top are implementing these little rules to keep people disconnected more just to themselves and looking to these political figures like the the new heroes, the new leaders, the, the new messiahs almost. Do you think that's uh, kind of on purpose in some ways? Or do you think it's just 
something that happened and it's really, you know, we're really starting to get buried in it because people, you know, have picked it up as like the new traditions or the modern way to live. I think it's a combination of two things there. And that's not a comment. That's I think that's a really good observation that you have. I think there is a conspiracy uh, to uh, to use most people. And I don't think the conspiracy is for any great religious movement. I don't think conspiracy is for any great governmental, uh, you know, philosophy, whether it's democracy or, you know, autocracy or anything else. I think it has to do with capitalism. I think it has to do with money. I think it has to do with the advances in technology uh, in, in some areas and people's greed and the changing working conditions and, and changing behaviors and morals in the 80s and 90s. Um, and when it, when it started to come out, when people really started to worship money more than ever, mm-hmm. uh, that people realized that they could use a lot of scientific and religious organizational methods to make people do things, to shift their attitudes and shift their behaviors. Uh, am, am I making sense with what I'm saying? I think that, that that they're trying to make people into drones and worker bees, and where our environment that you and I grew up in, or particularly me, more than even you, was extremely interested in um, individualized behavior. Now it's totally different. Now it's totally di- different. People, people for the most part, are like sheep. Who would have ever thought in the 70s, in the 60s, even when there were all kinds of riots and protests, who would have ever thought of being at a rally like a Trump rally Mm. or looking for a particular savior? You know, people tried that, like with the Beatles and the Maharishi Mahashogun. You remember all that kind of stuff, I'm sure, and different trends. And they came and went and people wanted to be individuals. They were actually trying to get rid of all the materialistic things. Don't you remember living in communes? They wanted to talk about contact. They didn't want less contact. Man, when I grew up during that period, you wanted all the physical contact you could get with somebody. Mm. People were jumping each other. All that would change that was things like AIDS and sexually transmitted diseases that would kill you. And, and that may have been a changing point to create distance between people. But now you have young people, they're like old men and old women in one way. They're worried about their health insurance. They're, you know, they're worried about their loan. They're worried about the, we never worried about stuff to that extent. We were much more daring and, and, and life held more promise for things until we wound up worshiping money. And then the money holders the people who have that, the politicians, all the people, all the people on the part of that process, they started using the skills that they had from science, I think, to manipulate us. If you look at Donald Trump, for example, Donald Trump was most of his career was a Democrat. Did you know that? I did hear that. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's the truth. I mean, he supported Hillary Clinton. He paid and he actually paid off both politicians in both parties, a businessman. But he was more of a Democrat. And he said, if he ever ran for president, and this is the truth. It's a quote. He would he would choose the Republicans. He said because they're the stupidest mm-hmm. of the two parties. And yep, I did. It, this is pretty much what Hitler did. This is pretty much what other what other autocrats do when they come in. They, it doesn't mean that Republican people are stupid by nature. 
uh, or anything else like that. But they seem to have a belief system or whatever it is that's more conducive to the line of shit that he gives to people. But the my point is he has no respect for people. And then you have people like an Amazon and, you, you know, Jeff Bezos and, you know, with the computer industries and things like that. They're such mega industries. Our government wouldn't allow that years ago. They would use antitrust laws and suits. They would break these up. You know what I'm trying to say? Because mm-hmm. they can't be that. They didn't want to have robber barons like you did in the 1890s. But now it's different. You have, you know, one or two companies on the well, all all the shit in the country. And no, I, I, it feeds into what you're saying. But yeah, there is kind of a conspiracy. That, there's a conspiracy to have the sheep. That's us. Oh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And as much as we uh, we talked on this show about the, the government and the military, you know, experimenting with, uh, um, you know, psychic abilities, remote viewing and all of that kind of thing that the psychic spy is, as some used to call them. Um, they've all, and, and some people, you know, may believe that or may know about that and others may not, but it's, it's, it's something true that our, our military has done. And yeah. in the, in, in the same respect with what you're saying, uh, people in our government absolutely and military have, have studied the ways of, cults and the way they brainwash people and control people you know and it is all about you know herding the sheep you know produce spend rely on you know mm-hmm. just like uh, as i mentioned in one of my shows people will spend thousands of dollars on a new iphone and several months later a brand new model will come out and they yes. will just throw the brand new one that they just bought to the ground and, and rush to get the new one because Yes, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're trained to do. You know, have that new phone because that's the end thing that that mm-hmm. makes you popular. That makes you somebody that somehow makes you better. And people mm-hmm. don't even think, hey, th- this phone has all the functions I need. I don't need it still works. It's only a couple of years old, mm-hmm. but they, they have to trash it and, and go get that brand new one because mm-hmm. they're trained. And, and that's what advertisers and sellers you know the the system as you said the the uh capitalism it, it there certainly is with with advertising and images that there's always been you know to manipulate people and and make them kind of dangle that carrot on the stick and make them salivate and, and, and run after it and, and it is it, it, it it's something that really has driven a big wedge it's it's almost taken away our humanity because we put so much more value on those things than we do on one another. And, and you know, there's a component that is gets left out of the American uh, discussion here and probably in other countries too. And on, on the people under the stairs, we can do that because there's a paranormal and there's a spiritual side to the show. I think, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I think yeah. the uh, yeah. being a, a spiritual person, I, I see the yeah. spiritual angle of, of everything that we ever talk about. Yeah, this is so do I uh, on it, and and this is an element that's been thrown off the airwaves. This is an element that's been thrown out of science. This is an element that's been thrown out of philosophy for all practical purposes. Human being, I, and this, folks, if you listen to the show, and I'm not preaching to you like Joel Joel Osteen. I'm not asking you to become a Protestant or a you know, go to church on Sunday or anything else. I'm just saying that spirituality is a part of the human experience. You know, even if you're against it, it's part of your experience. 
even if you're denying it, it means you're denying something. You're denying that spirituality. But what I'm trying to say is morality and values and spirituality, these are things, this is like the sauce when you have a good meal, uh, you know, you, you, you have a potato or you, you know, which is your life in this analogy I'm using or some spaghetti or something like that. You, you could eat it plain and, and survive on it and, and have a survivable life. But if you want to make that life delicious, if you want to make it have depth uh, and fullness, enjoyable and more meaning, you're going to sauce it up. You're going to not make something up, but you're going to add something to it and Spirituality is one of the things that adds to our existence. It adds to our meaning in life and things like that. And this is, an, you know, we are now alienated not only from the cosmos, we're alienated from one another, and then we're alienated from our spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And you're left, you're left with this big vacuum, and then you're left just, um, you're, you're left looking for something to worship, and what do people worship? They worship money. They worship, uh, you know, uh, being decadent. Uh, and their decadence now, our decadence in the, in, the, in the present world that we have now is, is being home, uh, you know, being isolated from other people, you know, getting into all these weird things, um, you know, that we all do. Plenty of times I was saying to my wife, we were writing down the, the coming back from a, uh, from a visit someplace the other day. And I said, look at this, we're in downtown Binghamton. 50% of the people were walking on the street, not even looking, but screaming into, and I'm not talking about talking, but yelling into cell phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed, I, noticed, I noticed that all the time. If you it's go, crazy. If you go somewhere, everybody's, you go to the doctor's office, they're all in the waiting room on cell phones. Yeah. You, you go, uh, you know, anywhere, you know, the, they're just all sitting around with the, the cell phones out, and yeah. it's it's crazy. So the the point being is, you know, you, you have all these political things, you you have all these, um, you know, um, economic factors. Those things have to be mitigated. They have to be controlled, uh, or uh, not controlled is they have to be influenced by by some kind of a good stewardship for lack of a better term. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, I'm not, I'm not anti-capitalism. I'm not, I, I don't, I, I think capitalism is fine. Predatory capitalism is a bad thing, you know, and it's a bad thing because the pe- people then don't have values. And, and one of the things that I was leading to in that conversation, I got way late myself is that people don't realize with the, when you look at government, when you look at big, huge business and global corporations, the goal of establishment is to, to protect the establishment, is to keep the establishment in power, to keep feeding it, not to feed you, but to feed the establishment. Mm-hmm. So that's the world we live in. There's, you know, when the, the president is up there having a conference, it's it's ridiculous. It's when you, you see this guy with coronavirus now, it's ridiculous. He has the doctors saying one thing and they're saying, you know, there's going to be we possibly if we really rush, we could have a vaccine in you know, 12 to 14 months. And in, within two months, we can start trials. And then he stands there on television and says, well, I like that number. Two months, two months. Is that what they said? No. They can't put a vaccine out there to, for, for general use in two months. 
It takes usually between two and five years to do, develop these things. They can rush it and, and get special dispensation and, and get this stuff done, possibly in 12, 12 to 16 months. This guy just comes out and says something. And why? Because he doesn't want the stock market to fall. He doesn't want to lose the election in November. He doesn't want the agenda of his establishment to uh, to uh, you know to fall by the wayside. So if if we all get misinformation and we can't trust the government and we're more disconnected from people than ever, who cares? It's the truth. But I, I say, you know, one of the things people have to break away from is is that spell that the political correctness has cast over us since the, yes. the early nineties, you know, that that's one that's really lingering and it's, it's become a cancer. It's become a social yes. cancer. It's become yes. a moral cancer, mental, spiritual. I mean, look, look how people are. I mean, you can't even talk to people, you know, people, people politicize or, or read prejudice or bring their prejudice to everything. Uh, you know, Stan knows uh, full well, you know, what I'm talking about when uh, I tell the audience, I, I put, I, I saw something on Facebook uh, a few days ago, a friend had put it up and it was uh, about a judge who was pardoning this 96 year old man for, uh, you know, going a little fast through a school zone. He was driving his 60 some odd year old son uh, to the doctor uh, for, for chemo or blood work because he had cancer. And uh, the judge, you know, let him off, uh, you know, because, you know, he, he was an old guy. He was, he was he was trying to take care of his family. And there's certain people that we both know came to that post and immediately attacked it, I, I guess, because the guy was a Democrat and they were Republicans saying how irresponsible it was. He's. He's a glory hound. He does this kind of thing all the time. Uh, you know, somebody's going to get hurt because of his bad uh, mm -hmm. decisions, you know, and, and it just got really ugly. And I tried to tell, you know, interject in the conversation to say, hey, look, I, I hear what you said. I, I looked up the guy online. Uh, there's some people that don't like him, but there's a lot of people that do. You know, he seems to be uh, pretty well respected in his community, you know, hardworking guy. And, you know, I said, you have to take it with a grain of salt. The, 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 the post was not supposed to be political. It was just showing something, somebody doing something nice. And, you know, when it comes to all the negativity, uh, you know, anybody could say about, about it, any one of us writing on this post, they could say, oh, you know, this person. Uh, you know, they're a liar. This person stretches the truth. Well, you know, this uh, Paul James Caden, you know, it's something he said I didn't like. I said that this is the Internet. And when people write their reviews and give their opinions, you know, and it's all politicized, we, we really have to just try to take it with a grain of salt. But mm -hmm. but the, but these these people wouldn't hear that. They just had to keep hammering and hammering and, you know, getting kind of uh, more and more. Uh, brusque, and then even started telling, you know, out and out untruths uh, that were obviously untrue just to make their point mm -hmm. seem like it was real. You know, first it was, well, I watched hundreds of episodes of this guy's show on the internet, so I know what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. I said, well, well, still, you know, it's, you know, whatever I said. And then the person came and said, well, I know somebody that knows him personally. And they said, exactly. 
you know, and, uh, you know, it, it just got so crazy mm-hmm. with that, with that disconnect where I finally said, you know, there's no, there's no rational conversation here. There's no exchange of ideas. Everybody's just hammering away and getting nasty and angry and starting to attack other people. They don't even know for liking the post, mm-hmm. you know, just for political reasons. So I, I, I took it down and, and that, that's one of the cancers of this division of the political correctness is that everything is judged. Everything is put under or viewed through a certain lens and we attack it and we judge it and we can't hear what other people have to say about it. You know, there were people on that post telling me that I knew damn well that that post was political when I put it up. I didn't even know who this guy was. I just shared it because I saw it and go, oh, what a nice thing. It was on, you know, a friend put it on their their Facebook. I'm going to share that. That's nice. You know, but telling me, I knew damn well it was, you know, political when, when I did it. I mean, we have to stop doing that. I mean, talk about the wedge where where we just can't meet in the middle somewhere and say, okay, we're, we're, we're going to stop arguing and fighting and attacking and then just you know start telling lies to try to make our point more valid just because we can't let go uh of of that disconnect it's got to be my way or no way my party or no party my opinion or no opinion and that that's across the board with a lot of things folks and i i think if we were to all look in the mirror a lot of us would see that that we're doing just that and we we have to stop justifying that kind of thing because it's it's tearing families apart it's sending long-term friendships i've seen people on social media uh divorcing their husbands leaving their uh long-time partners that they had perfectly fine relationships with because they found out uh you know the person voted for trump or they were an undercover democrat or republican you know, and suddenly that colored the whole relationship where it had to end. This this is absolutely horrible. What are we thinking to even go there, you know, or think this way? You know, is 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 there no logic? Is there no morality? Is there no understanding anymore? It's it's very alarming to see. Well, you know, there's there's uh, what you're really describing is a cultural shift. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've said it before on this show. You see, you you see, there's a cultural shift in school. Uh, you know, in education. I, I'm a college professor, so there's definitely a cultural shift uh, in college. Uh, you know, there's uh, you, you know, you talk about political correctness and and words you can and can't use and terms you can and can't use. It's very hard for people to to uh, communicate honestly and openly and without having to continually justify uh, and explain what they're saying. You know what I'm trying to, you know what I'm trying to say to you? Mm-hmm. You, you can get, you know, it, it, when, when you start becoming, when you be, when you start becoming overly sensitive, when you start uh, desiring to be a professional victim, when you start, I don't mean you as a person, I'm, I mean, meaning you hypothetically as the, as the country mm-hmm. or, Environment. When you're looking for all these little microaggressions and microtransgressions and micro hurts, and uh, you know you're looking to be a victim, 
hey, forget it, man. It's all over. It's all over because you can't have a conversation. Because, uh, yeah. you know, if, if it, because, you know, the, the word communicate means to create understanding. I, I think I've mentioned this on shows before. I used to do three-day communication workshops in the state of New York with professional staff on how to communicate, to communicate with patients, to communicate with clients, to communicate with other care providers, to communicate with staff, to communicate with parents when we'd be telling them about the diagnosis and treatment of their kids. Now, you can imagine how important that is. And it really boils down to communication is I'm going back for 30 years of training is to create understanding. And you do that verbally and you do that, you know, with nonverbal communication and, and you look at how we treat people, uh, you know, or treat one another. You know, it used to be years ago that some guy would have his or a woman would have their head buried in a television set or a newspaper computer screen. It's a constant thing with a cell phone and something else. This is what we're talking about, the disconnect. Uh, so you're not creating any communication that way. And and then you have, uh, you know, people obsessing on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and warring with one another and challenging one another. And you put out a comment and you've got immediately you have 500 people, uh, you know, being offended. Mm-hmm. 500 different ways. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's- yeah, what happens when somebody, you know, gets on you all the time? You, people start getting defensive then. And then they start looking for a tribe, and then they start looking for a savior. They start looking for groupthink. They start looking, then that means people who think the same as you, groupthink. Mm-hmm. It's like if you ever had your own business, if you, if you were the leader of a country, if you were the leader of a big corporation, I know when I would do management training, the first thing, when I, I ran very big organizations for a number of years, had hundreds of staff that worked for me and that I was responsible for supervising. And can I tell you something? The key people that I hired to work with me and that I recruited to work with me, some of them I didn't even like, but they were very confident, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, they were very honest. And number three, they weren't yes men and yes women. If you want to go down the friggin' crapper really fast, surround yourself with a bunch of yes people. Mm-hmm. It used to be called the loyal opposition. It used to be called critical thinking. That's why you want somebody who doesn't always agree with you, even in the military. People don't even know what the military process is. The first thing a, a commanding officer or a captain will say to the people, he'll say to you know, the executive officer or you know, the first lieutenant or something, and he'll say, uh, opinions. You know, What are the threats? Disagreements, problems, misunderstandings. What can go wrong? Tell me what's wrong with the plan. Suggestions. I know. Am I making that up or what? I mean, I've been in the military. I've been in organizations. I mean, when you when you or, or when you have a job or a business and you're looking to make money or looking to do a good job, do you want some stupid ass who's on board with you and is is just going to yah yah you, or do you want somebody to tell you the truth? Yeah, I, I can only look back, you know, I, I was born in, in 67. I, I grew up through the, the 70s and, and, and through the 80s. Uh, the, the 80s was, you know, really the time of me, you know, uh, getting into my teens, coming into my own. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think there's something to be learned there because the, the people that I hung out with, my group of friends, 
there was always a diverse group of people. You know, there was white, there was black, there was Hispanic. Yes. There were Christians. There were people that practiced, uh, you know, Wiccan. Uh, there were, you know, spiritualists. There were atheists. There were a couple people, you know, there were Jewish people. There were uh, a couple of people that came into the fold for a while that, that were gay. You know, and of course, back then, we were like, hey, man, I don't want no man touching me. But, you know, hey, we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't judge anybody. You know, we didn't sit there and, and, and call names or say, oh, we don't want to hang out and, and have a beer with that guy or that girl because they like other guys. You know, everybody had their thing. Everybody talked about their thing. And yeah, sometimes, you know, different spiritual beliefs or or things that people believe in, we'd sit there and go, man, that's effing weird. That's spooky. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I wouldn't do that. That sounds creepy to me. But we never, you know, we never sat there and persecuted anybody or said it was wrong. I just remember everybody getting along together. If If you were decent to everybody, then everybody else was decent to you. And I, I don't know why in the world we ever gave into this politically correct thing and thought it was okay where we started dividing. You know, we couldn't, you know, say Merry Christmas. It had to be Happy Holidays. You know, nobody cared. I remember the early 90s running into people. You'd say Merry Christmas and they'd say, oh, I'm Jewish. Oh, well, Happy Hanukkah. You know, and, and you know, sometimes there were people that didn't really know a whole lot about Hanukkah and they would, they would inquire. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not Jewish, but I'm curious. So, you know, what, what do you guys do at Hanukkah? I know there's the menorah, you know, and, and, you know, that it's really pretty and nobody felt judged. Nobody ever sat there and, and marginalized anybody else. So I, I personally don't understand why we suddenly had to be different and, and, and start driving those wedges it made absolutely no no sense to me at all. I hear you. I, I think people I I think people with the American dream in our country, I think people went from a middle class America where people wanted to to you know to try and get into the upper class if they could, but were, would still be satisfied with being solidly middle class into uh, just the breakdown of our society, the breakdown of our industry, the breakdown of our infrastructure, the breakdown of all. There's so much breakdown in our country. I don't mean to be negative on the show, but uh, I think I I wake up every day and I'm grateful that I live in America. I'm grateful that I have another day of life. I'm I'm grateful for people and animals and all kinds of things, as childish as that, that sounds. But I don't know where you guys live, uh, you know, and so many people listen to our show outside of this country. But uh, maybe in the country that you live in, and I hope that's the case, the, the world has become, environment has become better and more beautiful and cleaner or more modern. But my God almighty, uh, at least in most of the places that, that I've lived, there are some nice places uh, around in towns, but Society is is going backwards. The uh, the infrastructure is going backwards. The when when I was a, when I was in the military, I used to fly and, and and get all the time or go to Europe or hop on a plane. It was 
the airports were infinitely nicer than they are now. The highways were infinitely nicer. The state parks were infinitely nicer. Hotels were infinitely infinitely nicer. Would you would you concur with that, Paul? From what you recall? Yeah, I, I definitely do. It, it's like we're we're running down. Schools were nicer. Colleges were nicer. You know. There were. I, I, it's I, not I, like the good old days. Excuse me. I mean, you know, the good old good, had weaknesses there. You know that that I think that are nicer now. But the the there's been no super modernization in this country. Half of it's fallen a fucking part. It is. You know, I, I just went back to my uh, hometown a couple weeks ago. I, I visited my father. I hadn't seen him in a while, and uh, and I was absolutely shocked at. You know, back when I was a kid, back in, in the 80s, even early 90s, there were a lot of fields, you know, I mean, there were stores and there was the the business side of town, but there were a lot of open fields, a lot of trees, a lot of farmland and driving through there, going to my, my father's house and seeing all the farmland in just such a short period of time, everything had a building in it big new elect electric uh, uh you know some kind of you know energy you know plant hotels motels car dealerships uh the old cemetery i used to go to this old cemetery mm-hmm. and a friend got me going to like old cemeteries back in the mm-hmm. uh, kind of the, the early 80s and there's this one i used to go in in particular and i go there all by myself and i'd i'd wrote i'd write poetry or i'd just sit where it was quiet no people and just think or, you know, talk to God. And, uh, you know, they, they tore up the whole bottom of the cemetery. There was a field. And uh, there's a big apartment complex, you know, right there, you know, it, uh, on top of the cemetery. Everything was was just so built up. And like you said, it, it doesn't look nice anymore. It's it's all for the, the almighty buck. What can we do to, to sell that land, to get rent, to, you know, whatever it's 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 were they pretty apartment i'm just curious were they pretty apartments or townhouses or were they like military barracks uh yeah they they were kind of military barracks Uh, i guess they were for low income they they weren't horrible looking but they weren't they weren't pretty uh at all and and see i didn't i i i just took a wild guess because that's what i meant where they're training people how to be sheep and drones. When I when I mentioned when I when I talk about drones, I mean like worker bees. When when people who work for Amazon sit there and they're getting urinary tract infections, because Amazon is as proud as a peacock that they get more work out of their workers from monitoring every single thing that they do. The people can't literally go take take a piss. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, that's and wild folks. That's 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 wild, wild, and wild stuff. And 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 watching people disconnect and vote against and and think that people who want to do things in their own interest are crazy people. I give if I could, Paul, just for one second. I'm not telling people to vote for Bernie Sanders or anything else like that. I'm a Bernie supporter, and I had a friend who he knows damn well, and he says you'd vote for a socialist. And I said, don't say that one more time about Bernie Sanders being a socialist because Bernie Sanders is a democratic socialist. Number one which is a markedly different thing. It's like 
like Franklin Delano Roosevelt during World War II. Today, you would call him a democratic socialist. And he said, really? I said, yeah, you belong to a union, right? And the guy's name is Bob. And he said, yeah. I said, then you're a socialist, <laughs> you stupid ass. If you belong to a union, then you're a socialist. Do you get Do you get Social Security, Bob? Yeah, then you're a socialist. If you're over 65 and you get Medicare, are you all going to get it out there, ladies and gentlemen, and listen to the show? Sure. Then you're a socialist. You're a democratic socialist. You're not a national socialist, which is a Nazi. You're not a socialist socialist, which is what was in Venezuela. You're a democratic socialist. It means you want some things, some guardrails on big business, you know, and some of the, the things in our environment so that we can have, a you know, a safe and cohesive society. You, know, you don't want control on things. But here's my point. Why would people think that's crazy and radical? Why would you think that health care for yourself and for your fellow human being, why would that be nuts? Shall I tell you why? Because somebody's put it in your head where you want to say, I ain't paying for that other guy. Mm. I'm working. I ain't paying for him. Well, who the hell do you think paid for you or your parents? Or somebody in your family who came over here from someplace or fell on hard times or was on welfare or something else. No, it's about people taking a certain amount of money and chipping in and doing things for the common good. Whatever happened to that? People don't believe in that anymore. No, they don't. They definitely do not. You know, why would the people at Amazon not want to have a union? They don't want to have a union because they're afraid to do it. That they, You know, want to bust unions again. You know, I was, I was reading online uh, just a couple weeks ago where somebody put up uh, an, an article where uh, back with the inception of Social Security mm -hmm. and other programs that we have today, uh, there, you know, Social Security being, you know, one of them, uh, a lot of people were against it because they said it was socialism and they didn't want it. It is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but now, look, everybody wants it and they want it in place. For when they retire, there's nothing wrong with certain social programs like that. Like you said, some guardrails and helps that, that help the average person, uh, you know, through their life. Yeah. You know, that's, there's, like you said, universal health care. What is wrong with that? Well, what you happens know? when what happens when there's a tornado like there was in Tennessee or there's a hurricane like there was in Puerto Rico two years ago or all the flooding where we live and things like that? You have FEMA, right? Mm -hmm. That's the Federal Emergency Management Association. Right? Uh, administration, excuse me. That's socialism. Yeah. Tennessee Valley Authority. That's socialism. The fire department, the police department, the military, the Coast Guard. The All list goes things. on and on. <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. Well, there are things that civilized people need, right? But what happens when we talk about disconnecting, and we originally started this show by saying, are there conspiracies? Yeah, there's conspiracies. There's conspiracies to make it's just propaganda and disinformation. I'm not trying to make anybody into a socialist because I'm not a socialist. I'm not even a democratic socialist. I just believe that there should be some social services and some version of democratic socialism to oversee abuses by big corporate greed 
and, uh, you know, other, you know, global cartels and other kinds of dangerous things. The common man, the average man, woman and child, grandma, grandpa that sits around the table need to be protected from these sharpshooters. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't believe that, you're sitting here like I am right now, probably wondering about the coronavirus that we started talking with the show about. Well, that's what the CDC is for. That's the Centers for Disease Control. And we have a president who sits there, and, and I'm not trying to make this a political show, but we have a political system who sits there. And, uh, uh, and a government thinks, well, you can't even believe what's being said now. And cutting the funding for the CDC, it's been cut. F- cutting the funding for the National Institute of Health. Cutting the funding for the Environmental Protection Agency. All these things, people should be up in arms over that. Because those things, those things don't rip people apart. to bring people together. We have people denying science. We have people denying educating, you know, ed- education principles. And they do that and law and religion bring people together. I thought I lost you there for a minute. I scared myself. <laughs> oh, you thought you lost me? You said? Yeah, I, I, I hit something on my uh, oh my uh, my tablet here that, that blanked me out, and uh, I didn't hear you for a second. Oh, but it, 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 it's just a very quick point. I said all the things that are being defunded now by, let's say, the current administration, and that will happen in other administrations, too. There are things that are connected with science and law and, um, you know, healthy, intelligent religion and education and things like that. Those are all things that bring us together. There are they things are. that connect. Yeah, they're things that connect us. It's the same with the, that the liberals do, you know, people who are ultra-liberal on college campuses and people being super-sensitive you have speakers who have opposing points of view or unpopular points of view. The place that they should be able to come to start off is a college campus, right? Mm-hmm. And you should be able to come and see somebody as wild and crazy as, as they are with their point of view as an educated person and be able to listen to that and make your own opinion, right? But now some asshole will say, uh, you know, this guy has a point of view that makes me nervous. Uh, we don't want him on campus. Uh, this guy was in the Bush administration, and he, you know, so. I know we 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 have to think more, more balanced, more middle of the road. It can't be, you know, far to the left, far to the right. You know, you get too far over on either direction, you fall into a ditch. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. It, it's becoming too ridiculous, where we we just can't. You know, you're a Democrat. It's bad. You're a Republican. It's bad. You're a different race. It's it's bad. You have a different opinion. Uh, well, that's bad. You know, you can't think, uh, you know, differently than I do, or I have to disown you. And uh, like you said, go out and find my tribe that, you know, pats me on the back and tells me everything I think and everything I say is the right thing to think and say. And that's that's absolute horseshit. You know, we we. we I don't know where it's all gonna gonna head if if we don't pull out of the nosedive, but I, I think we will become just, you know, a society of divided drones. That's all we do is work and look at our phones, and you know, nobody even communicates anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also wanted to share uh, the story when I was talking uh, about back in the '80s, all the 
the diverse groups of people that we would all hang out and talk and, you know, sit around and have a beer. Uh, I had a job at, at one point in the, the mid eighties in a factory. It was a, a plastics factory. They made plastic products and, you know, they would, you know, put these uh, plastic beads in a machine it would melt it down it would go into a mold you would pop out whatever it was trim off the excess put it in a box you know send it to the whoever assembled it and put it together and uh one of the people i worked with uh we were kind of like on a a little bit of a buddy system working together was this uh spanish guy and you know his station was you know right next to me and uh he didn't speak a word of english you know, I didn't even know the guy's name, you know, like we, he just couldn't figure out a word I, that, that I ever said. And, you know, likewise, but, you know, I never sat there going out, oh, like at this guy, he can't even speak English. He should go, you know, get this mm-hmm. guy out of the country, you know, just a different world. You didn't think that way. You know, we didn't understand each other, but we made our own language through sign language, you know, where we would, we understood what we were saying, our own made up thing, you know hi, how are you? You know, good to see you. I'm going to lunch. Can I have the tool? You know, the, the, the thing we passed back and forth and, you know, we, we got along fine. You know, we, we, we were good, close workmates that never had a problem. And we didn't even understand a word each other was saying. Nobody, nobody was hating on anybody. I wasn't sitting there going, boy, we ought to deport this guy. Is he an illegal? Never even, you know, that wasn't even a, a thought or a micro thought. Uh, so again, you know, I say we we have to think more in the middle. We, we we can't we can't stop making everything so black and white and putting these uh, divisions and these wedges. You know, I, I think there's some people out there that need to uh, reconcile with their families, their friends. Because these people, you know, if, if you've disowned the people that really should mean something to you to run with these pol- politically correct, uh, egocentric, deaf, uh, no one else is allowed to have an opinion kind of people, one day you're going to have an opinion that might be different than, their, than theirs, and they're going to chew you up and spit you out. They're not your friend. They just like you around because you're a fucking clone of them. And that's that's all they see you as. They don't see you. And I think that's going to be a, a very big uh, rude awakening for a lot of people in this country. I would agree, Paul. I, I don't think it's I don't, I don't think we're going to solve this one. I think it's I think it's got a lot further to go. And I think there's going to be some really major crisis. I think I've said this on the show before. There's going to be a, a really major crisis and something really bad is going to happen. And then people will uh, wise up from that and move forward. It's kind of like when you're sick or kind of, kind of in denial over a particular problem. And then you need to have a heart attack or you need to have a, go into a diabetic coma or something like that or lose a leg. And then somebody says, well, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I should have taken my insulin. Uh, you know, I should have stayed on that diet. I should have uh, taken my statin. I should have exercised more, whatever. It's just something that goes on for a long period of time. And I think that's an inevitable in cultures, um, you know, that um, 
I guess it's very simple, kind of what your grandma would tell you. Some things uh, you don't have to be a psychologist or a philosopher or any big genius to know anything. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. You know, and we keep putting garbage, uh, you know, uh, we, we just keep electing garbage. We keep tolerating garbage. We keep lowering standards instead of raising standards. I'm not talking about the old days, the good days, the new day, you know, just things that where we should know better, that we should know better. But uh, I think the hope uh, is that uh, after that, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And sometimes a good old-fashioned crisis will give you a come-to-Jesus moment. And that's just a, a metaphor, folks. I'm not asking you to um, This isn't um, a religious show where I'm asking you to do an altar call. It's just a, a, a phrase there. You know, that come-to-Jesus... I think we should have an altar call. Stan, yeah. will you lead the will you lead the people while I sing? Amazing. Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I, I I used to be on the evangelism committee in the United Methodist Church that I belong to, and I have to tell you, if you're a United Methodist, they're such sweet people, but they're not. They don't ever want to get in your face on any issue. <laughs> they want to solve everything. Uh, the United Methodists by um, by having a, a dish to pass supper. God bless them. They are, they're, they're just good people. I love them, but they're, they're not the kind of people who are going to go out there and raise a lot of hell on things. But I was on the evangelism committee uh, with some lovely old timers that helped uh, develop the church I was involved with for many years. And uh, there was a campaign that was going on called Catch the Spirit with the United Methodist thing. And uh, we had these T-shirts made up and everything. This was in my youth, folks. And uh, I was in my early 30s. My my two children were first born. They said, you know, come to the church with us and everything. And the thing that I wanted most was I wanted more altar calls. I wanted real altar calls where somebody got zapped by the Holy Spirit <laughs> or some epiphany and just came up there. I, I thought that was the greatest thing at the time. And, you know, I still think that today. Uh, I, I haven't been to a a, a, a a really good church in a while, uh, you know, and uh, I would love to do that. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but I would love that. That's the one night church like it is when, you know, you belong to a group or an association or something like that. That's a positive thing. Or you're a volunteer, you know, to have a, a common good purpose for something. Not just a, not not a common pur- purpose to hate somebody or say you stupid basket of deplorables or you libtards or you snowflake, you know, not that. Where you want to do something good, you want to help somebody out, you want to help something out, you want to connect with somebody. Which I don't know, Paul, kind of brings us round robin uh, here, right right back to the beginning where we started. Uh, you know, for me, I think I've talked as much as I want to talk about this subject tonight. Um, and it feels good to, to get it off my chest, to just talk about it in a nice, respectful way. I think you made a lot of good points. I hope I made a few good points out there. And I hope the uh, lovely audience that we have uh, finds something useful in the conversation tonight. Makes their life a little tiny drop nicer. Yeah, and, and, and maybe uh, do a little soul searching and, and ask ourselves, uh, are, are we getting sucked into this void of uh, or, or the cancer that was left behind by political correctness and maybe uh, cut that cancer out and start living our lives differently? 
and maybe shock somebody the next time they say, you know, well, I'm a Trump supporter and we're not. We just say, well, good for you. You know, I don't, you know, particularly, uh, you know, support uh, his version of politics. But if, if that's what you if that's what you believe. Get uh, the hell out of my know, house. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here before I break your nose. <laughs> you son of a gunya, you stupid idiot. I mean, that's the way I am. I've been that way all my life. I believe this. I like that. Oh, good. You know, and, unless it's harmful. If I, if I see that it's something harmful or a harmful uh, cultic kind of personality that someone's kind of getting too deeply into, I'll, I'll try to talk them down a little bit and say, well, you know, that that's fine. But you might want to watch. Uh, most people don't hear because they they protect their, uh, uh, you know, the the idol that they've set up uh, on the altar of their lives. But, uh, you know, you can try. But that, that's the only way that or only reason that I will try to talk to somebody about something like that. Other than that, whatever you believe, whoever you support, good, good for you. You have your opinion. Who the hell am I to come along and tell you out? You know, nope. you know, you're you're some kind of degenerate because you you believe that or support that. that that's not my place. You know, I will say I will give one last pearl of what I think is here tonight. I'm, I'm thinking of your conversation. I think everyone, including me, and I don't do this too much anymore, although I do, even with my buddy Bernie Sanders. And my dog is called Bernie Sanders. I love Bernie so much. But Bernie is not my savior. And uh, th- that that song from, remember Mad Max Beyond uh, Thunderdome? Tina Turner mm-hmm. had, we don't need another hero. We don't mm-hmm. need another hero. We don't need another savior. Uh, we don't need that. Uh, in politics, we don't need another savior with uh, with religion. You know, I don't need the Pope. I don't need Franklin Graham. I don't need any of those people. I could pick up a, a, a New Testament if I'm a Christian and read it just as well as they can. I like hanging out with them if, if, if they're nice and have a nice message and have something positive to say. It's just like I like Bernie or some things the president does on occasion that I like or I think he's funny or, you know, I, I, I don't think he's being harmful for one moment. You know, uh, we don't need saviors. We need good behavior. We need to, we need to behave. We need to have values and morals. And uh, be you know, don't cast so many stones on other people, and don't have so many expectations on other people to do our work for us. And then you don't get into hating anybody when you when you own your own successes and, and, and losses. And, you know, you take responsibility for your own behavior and understand that other people have their own hard time doing that. You, you get more respect for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's about it for me. Well, anything you want to wrap up with, Paul? I think we've said plenty for this topic. Um I think anything else right now would be kind of redundant. So I'm done. <laughs> I'm done too. And if you want to catch me, Stan Wanglin, you can hit me up on my show called Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. We're uh, just cranking out those shows with a lot of interesting things and find out about geriatric crime waves in Japan. <laughs> there you go. Talk about being connected. To get the, the get a country in Japan, just to give you one little one second promo on the show, you'd have to go back on a couple of shows ago. But what a fascinating story! 
Japan is the most law-abiding country in the world, yet, yet they have a crime wave of geriatric people. Why? Because they can't survive on their pensions, so they politely commit crimes so that the judge can throw the book at them and send them to jail, where they can <laughs> collect their retirement check and save money, and when they get out, they can live. Oh, boy. They get free health care, they get three hots and a cot, and Japanese prisons are a little bit different than American ones. So can you imagine, and you think it's strange with UFOs and Bigfoot, those Japanese hey, folks, they're nice people, but they're strange cats, man. <laughs> hey, it's a plan. Got to have a plan. <laughs> so what are you pushing or promoting, Paul? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't want to know. I'm sorry. Um, sniffing glue, but uh, now if you want to reach me, you can uh, email me at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to my other show, The Spirit Side, here on this uh, network. It's on Apple Podcasts and all the other uh, podcast platforms that are popular. And, uh, you know, for those uh, who care uh, or those who may know, uh, know that I've been throwing some different things at the wall for a secondary podcast and uh some of them were okay but but they didn't have a uh a kind of a, a stick to itiveness for me or people just said eh, i like the spirit side better but uh i have one now i i think is going to stick i have uh it was originally what the spirit side was going to be uh but it changed up after a while so this is a really great show it's called the message we're two episodes in. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, again, all the places where podcasts are, uh, you know, are listened to. And uh, basically, it, it is a podcast that talks about, you know, spirituality, uh, uh, social issues, uh, but also some of the problems in, in society and the government, uh, some of the agendas and the uh, uh crazy things that these uh, politicians do. And and everything is really uh, based on uh, kind of a Quranic and mystical Sufi perspective. So it's, it's very interesting that way that we look at the problem and then we bring it down to this uh, particular um, philosophy and, and what it has to say about these issues and how they really do make sense that if we followed these uh, you know, ancient rules and suggestions uh, for behavior and morality, we wouldn't be falling into half the problems that, that we're falling into individually as, as a society, as, you know, the world over. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, the message, just put in the message, Paul James Caden, I'm sure you will find it. It's, uh, it's a good show. Very good show so far. Well, thank you, Paul. And thank all of you for listening to our show this week. We do a show weekly, and hopefully very soon we'll be able to do a show a couple times a week. And because uh, Paul and I are very busy and, and have multiple shows that we do. But thank you for listening. Thanks for being fans. And uh, we'll catch you next time on The People Under the Stairs. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.